0: Invoking that joy for just being in the world.
1: To help you both get what you desire and make a win win. Awesome.
0: We realize that it's a gift to be here.
1: If you're afraid of spiders, it's not like you're dressing up as a spider, right?
0: Random act of kindness for yourself. What are you going to do?
1: Walk through it. Visualize that experience, talk through it, and kind of go through all the different scenarios in the same way because once you've done it once, you can do it again.
0: So here we are, we're like halfway through January at this point, and I am so laser focused on building this positive mental mind frame, this positive mental awareness so that I can silence that inner critic that I have five tools and techniques that I am implementing myself, and I would like our community to kind of join in. Maybe we can make this a community event kind of thing.
1: Yes, me too. All right, (laughs) so
0: here we go. Community event for five tools that we can use, like even if we just do it through the rest of January, Yeah. and we can talk about how is this working for us? What are we doing with it? What do you think?
1: I love it. I mean, it's, it's great to have five to get started. And if all we are able to do is connect with one and leave that for the use that for the rest of the year, then perfect. But we have to be willing in this first month to actually see what does work for us. And so yes, I'm all for it. Let's get started.
0: Awesome. Well, the first one for me is playful exploration.
1: Mm.
0: Because I love nurturing that inner child that I have. And when I think back, not that I want to be childish, (laughs) sometimes that's fun too, Um, but to kind of have that inner child come back and look at things with that childlike wonder that I once had, see things in the world and in myself that maybe I had forgotten and just gotten so caught up in the everyday That I pushed back into the back burner. Invoke that curiosity, right? When I was a kid, and I know when my son was little, it was why, but why, but why? And sometimes again, we get so caught up that we forget to ask the why and to be just curious about the world in general and curious about each other. Like I know my son was always so curious about everything. And so have that childlike quality again and be playful with life so that I can just enjoy it.
1: Yeah. As we become adults and as we get older, the weight of the world starts to really just fall on our shoulders, right? And we forget to play. We all had play dates when we were younger. And so why why do we have to stop having play dates, right? (laughs) Exactly. You know, if we want to go, like maybe hiking is our play. Maybe going to the movies is our play. Maybe, maybe we just want to go play a laser tag or something. I don't know. Like it's, sometimes it's fun to just get out. Uh, maybe we go and drive go-karts or something like that, right? Um, go bowling. There's so much out there that we can go play uh, top golf. I mean, there's, there's a ton of fun stuff that we can do. And so we, it's, I love the idea of like looking at the world from this childlike wonder. Sometimes it's also the activity of it. Like Just go play. Just go have fun. Because we need we need that balance. We have so much stress in our lives, like just go and go and have fun, go go out boating, go jet skiing, go just hang out at the beach, uh, play volleyball, whatever it is. Just go play.
0: Yes. And that doesn't, again, to reiterate, doesn't mean being childish, yes. all of the time. It means invoking that joy for just being in the world right? And so if you can utilize that tool, it helps to create that positive mental mind frame because we realize that it's a gift to be here. And that in itself begins to change the way we look at the world. And that leads into tool number two, which is journaling from a different perspective. Talk about changing the way that you see things. Yeah. You know, you start to put yourself into a different perspective. And maybe it's, and I do this sometimes when I'm attempting to just understand life from my partner's perspective, journaling from what I perceive your perspective would be so that I can get out of my own way and start to look at things from your perspective. I might be way off in left field. Maybe it's not how you're seeing things at all, but at least it gets me out of my perspective And it helps me realize that there's more than one way to look at things. So tool number two that I'm going to utilize is journaling from another's perspective. Maybe it's the ideal version of me. Like I want to, I want to get there. Eventually I'm getting there, but I need to see that first. I need to see that perspective. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that because we hear about journaling and we've even talked about journaling, journaling a bunch in our podcast. Even last month, we even had a whole section about it. And it's important because a lot of journaling centered around us and getting in tune with who we are. Very valuable. But this is the first time I've really heard journaling from another perspective, seeking to get yourself outside of who you are to uh, expand your awareness. And this is so key. Um, I I Really, this one kind of took me back because I just hadn't even thought about it. It's It's hard enough to think about, okay, well, what do I think? And in taking the time to actually write it down, or as we talked about doing a, a verbal journal as well, doing like an audio recording. But it's so like we we are so stuck in our own viewpoint, right? Because we're that's the only view that we actually experience throughout our entire lives. And so it is it is a great, great tool and practice to see what it would be like. I mean, we're it's not gonna be exact. It's not gonna be we're not we're never gonna be someone else. But seeking to almost like role play, what it would be like to, to have some, a different perspective. Um, even if it's one, like, let's say you have a political view or a, um, could be any kind, kind of view of a different business view. Like maybe you're in the middle of a negotiation and you want to understand what it's like from the other person's perspective to help you both get what you desire and make a win-win awesome. What a great tool to to practice that, uh, and let's say you're in a relationship. I mean, this is where for us, right? This isn't so important to uh, you know. We both have our our desires and and perspectives, and so although we align on a lot of things, there are things that we don't. And so it's it's so it's a way to just for me, I know to get out of my own way and say, well, yeah, what would Amber? Amber would Amber do in this situation? Or how would she approach it? How can I learn from her? You now, I, I, I am so inspired by how much love she brings into what she does. How can I do that more? And and not from a putting down, but actually lifting up. And now I get to, I get to like highlight what I love about you, and then embody that. That just brings us closer.
0: Yeah. And I. I love how you're pointing out it's like view it from something different, like a different perspective, like getting to that other side because it kind of lends to like the next one too, which is so often we look at things just from one direction and that with journaling, it's I'm so used to journaling for me from That internal view. I didn't think about journaling from the external view. We've heard so much about random acts of kindness and the random acts of kindness campaign. And I was sitting and I was thinking through, well, it's great that we do random acts of kindness for others. I can't get enough of that. But what about random acts of kindness for myself? Because so often I forget, I'm so eager to do these random acts of kindness for others I forget to do them for myself. And so, rule number three that I would implore through the rest of this month and maybe for the rest of the year is just random acts of kindness throughout the week. Just setting maybe a little timer on my phone or a little reminder that pop up throughout the week. Random act of kindness for yourself. What are you going to (laughs) do? Maybe it's that I do a meditation as my random act of kindness, or I take five minutes to go for a walk. Who knows? But I have to take that time. The moment I see it, that's my random act of kindness at that moment. Whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm at, maybe it's that I get to have a little piece of candy. We'll figure it out wherever I'm at, but I'm going to have a little random act of kindness sprinkle it out throughout, throughout my week. Every Sunday, I will sit down and I will just put little reminders all throughout my phone at different points in the week. And I will have my own little random acts of kindness campaign for me.
1: I love that. And if you don't know where to start, because you know, it's A random act of kindness might be to open the door for someone. It's like, okay, well, am I going to open the door for myself? Like, exactly. How's how's that going to (laughs) work? I do that every day. Yeah, it's kind of (laughs) annoying. (laughs) Uh, Why can't there just be automatic doors everywhere? Um, Think about like, what is it like as if you're going to be a best friend to someone else? What would you do? And then, how can you start applying that to yourself? Um, Maybe it's actually taking a moment to dedicate complimenting yourself on something you've done we we do things and, and oftentimes we just kind of forget about it or we do it because we just do it and and we don't take that time to honor ourselves and to love ourselves through our own acts and so even if it 's that moment, just having that alarm go off in your phone and be like, okay, you want it's time for me to recognize you know just all okay like, hey, i'm <laughs> It's this is amazing. I'm getting through the day today. It's <laughs> just, I did yes, it. I yes. to myself. <laughs> like this is just a crazy day. I need a moment just to say, wow, like yes. And you know, and, and sometimes it is like maybe maybe you want to make a little food for yourself, or or maybe it's um maybe it's taking a few moments to just sketch something like drawing or uh like you said, going on a walk uh for 20 minutes or going to work out. Fine. There's so many little things that you can do. Um, But don't forget about the mental and the emotional ones that we go out of our way to text our friends. Um, We, you know, just words of encouragement uh, or just emotional support. And this is a way for us to just remind ourselves how to be emotionally supportive and encouraging to who we are to empower ourselves for for a more positive mind frame. Exactly.
0: So. Tip number four or tool number four that I'm going to add to my little arsenal is metaphorical thinking, which is a really big one for me personally, because it helps me take some of the untangible and make it tangible. The next two really help me in that capacity. Because if I'm, say, maybe I'm facing a decision
1: Mm.
0: and I could very quickly and easily Have that inner critic come in and start to kick me around because decision making can be a hard process sometimes. But if I use metaphorical thinking and I kick in my imagination, and I'm like, okay, I'm at a crossroads, and there's a why at these crossroads. And I have this whole metaphor going on where I can visualize and I can see. Here I am, I'm standing at this Y, and if I go this direction, I can visualize and I can understand what the path might look like, and if I go this way and I walk down this path, I can visualize and I can see what might happen, and it brings more of a tangible feel to it, then I can begin to not give my power over to my inner critic, I can be, as we talked about in the last podcast, I can be the author of my own story and I can put myself in that hero position. And at least if I'm not the hero, then I am one of the main characters. Maybe I'm lifting someone else up to be the hero in this story and I'm a supporting character, but I know my role and I have the metaphor laid out and I can see the connection points And I'm not going into the negative spiral, but I have that metaphorical connection of what that means. So metaphors is my next tool. I love this. Hi, I'm your host, Amber, and I am here with Austin on the Heart Leader podcast. We are so grateful that you are tuning in to be with us. To never miss an episode, take a moment right now to click the subscribe button below and give us a like so we know we're creating content that you really enjoy.
1: In sports, visualization is so important because the idea that once you've done it, you can do it again. And that's, that's, that's what creates repeatable processes, right? right? And so when you can pull on that, because oftentimes if you're in the middle, like let's say you're in, in a tournament and you really need to perform and you're like, oh, I've never done this before, that creates that fear. In that lack mentality, and it's really hard to perform at a high level from that space. And so, when you visualize and you feel like you've seen yourself make that putt or uh, sink that shot or whatever it is that you've done in, in in sports, and it's like, oh yeah, I can do it again because I've already done it. And so, we don't often do that in our lives, and that's where this metaphor in visualization is so so critical. Um, you know, let's say we we want to ask for a raise visualizing what that experience would be like talking to our boss and in walking through the different scenarios and and what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and how it might be received and what what they might say in return and then having that conversation through so that when you actually go do that you know these questions of the ideas don't kind of pull you take you off guard it's just you know, say like, oh you've run through different scenarios Um, maybe it's in a relationship and, uh, you feel like you need to hold a boundary and it's really hard because you're afraid you don't want to lose this relationship or have it go negative or create conflict where, where you feel like there there shouldn't even be some in the first place, but you need to honor yourself and your self-love and your self-care and, and hold that boundary, walk through it visualize that experience talk through it and kind of go through all the different scenarios in the same way because once you've done it once you can do it again
0: absolutely and i love visualization and it's a great tool and it can be used in tandem for those where visualization might create anxiety a metaphor can help take away because it's something that's a little more distant than a pure visualization of the actual scenario Mm. so this is a great opportunity to kind of create what is the differentiation between a metaphor and a visualization so thank you for bringing this up
1: oh that's a great point
0: right so for some individuals and sometimes i fall into this if i'm so nervous or anxious about something that's coming up And if I visualize that specifically as it is, and we'll take asking a boss for a raise, right? That might create a lot of anxiety right out of the gate if I just jump right into visualizing what that'll look like. But if I create a metaphor scenario where it's a little removed from that, and I put myself into a fairy tale scenario, and it's like metaphorically the same, but not exactly the same. So I am in a fairy tale and I am going to my fairy godmother to ask her for some more pixie dust to help me. I need an advance on my pixie dust, right? Then it's a metaphor. It's not exactly the same scenario, but it helps me get to a place that then I can convert into a visualization because I've had something similar and I've created kind of this story that then I can transfer into a visualization. Or when I'm in my boss's office, I can picture that my boss is my fairy godmother. And yeah, I'm asking for a raise, but in my mind, I'm kind of asking for pixie dust, right? So it's these kind of things that help us get to that next point. And it adds to that childlike wonder, right? Mm. That playfulness. Because ultimately, life is play if we come at it in that direction. Yes, even when we're playing as children, we fall down, we skin our knees. There are these things that will teach us, don't do that because you're going to hurt yourself. So it allows us to come at life from these new viewpoints. So thank you for bringing it forward.
1: That was great. I really appreciate you differentiating. It's important for me. I uh, I, I let those kind of uh, interconnect too much. And, and sometimes I think it's important to have that differentiation, that clear differentiation, to be able to use the tools in the way that they're intended and bring more intention and purpose into it so that it can actually help at a greater capacity. So that um, you just helped me. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, it's all about learning and how we use tools is really up to us. But it's like the difference between, you know, a flathead versus a Phillips, you know, and screwdrivers. You just have to, it's going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, every now and then there's a little nuance where it's going to matter. Well also. Right. So we're on to number five. Yes and with number 5 it's it's all around fear right because fear can really get in there and creep up and stop us in our tracks but i choose to personify my fear which is part of why i think it's important in this book that the inner critic has a personality. We call it the villainous inner critic. It is the super villain. And you had mentioned in the last podcast, a lot of this book came from what I was experiencing. And part of that was me putting a personification behind things that were arising. When we can personify our fears, when we can put a face to it, when we can put a character to it, then we can see it and we can do something with it when it's intangible, when there's really nothing to it, when it's just like there and we don't even know what has a grip on us. Then it's really hard to do something with it. But if we can continue to personify it, to put some kind of a personality to it, then we can face it dead on and we can do something with it in that capacity. So for the Probably the rest of my life, but definitely the rest of this month. Anything that creeps up and I feel like fear has a grasp, I'm going to turn it into something. Maybe not a super villain, maybe a kitten. I mean, you never know what personifi- personification or personality it's going to take on, but put a personality, put something to it that then you can face down.
1: I love it. And just for references and like, if you're afraid of spiders, it's not like you're dressing up as a spider, right? This <laughs> no. is, this is, um, it, it kind of reminds me for anyone who's a Harry Potter fan, um, and you know, might have to remind me of which one I kind of mad at myself for not knowing. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the one with Professor Lupin. Okay. And so
0: anybody who's watching or listening to this, if you remember the Harry Potter that this is in... <laughs> Put it in the comments so that you can help us remember.
1: I think it's either number three or five. Okay. So I just can't remember exactly. But there's um, they're in the Defense Against Dark Arts class, and there's a a creature called the Bogart. And no one knows what it actually looks like because it actually takes the shape of what you fear most. And then there's a spell to get rid of the Bogart. And the whole point is that you make it... uh, look like something that is uh, funny to you. And, And that immediately then it'll take shape of that. And that's how you disarm this creature. Right. And so for for example, like Ron was afraid of spider. So it became this huge, huge spider. And he was so afraid. And then he thought about what would be funny. And then immediately he did the spell. And then the spider had a bunch of little roller skates on all eight of its legs. And it was just going all over the place and it didn't know what to do. And, And then everyone started laughing. And then the Bogart was like, shrank away. Right. And so we can kind of, no pun intended, we can bogart our own fears and, uh, and just kind of put them away in this because yeah, when it is something, when it is a fear that is intangible, then how do we, how do we, how do we attack that? How do we approach it really is is a better word probably. Um, and, and this might create that tangibility that you're saying and help us realize like bring in the play, bring in all these things that you're talking about, um, because we're looking at it from a different perspective we're bringing play and connection into it and we're saying okay we can lift ourselves up and recognize the strength that we have from within ourselves and and realize that like hey we've got this it's fear is just a lot of the times our own either misunderstanding or just it's just unknown and when something is known kind of like with the visualization when we've done it once we can do it again that same thing. When we have an awareness of it, then we know how to approach it and what we can do to uh, eliminate that fear.
0: Exactly. And I do love that scene in Harry Potter because it's exactly it. The moment that we can have a face to the fear, then we can also disarm. And we recognize then the strength that we have within ourselves to disarm the fear. Because it is the unknown that makes us fear it. But the moment it's known, then we tend to not be so afraid of it. And then if we can turn it into something funny, it completely takes away its power over us. And that's really our goal in the whole book is to begin to take away the power of the inner critic so that we silence it. Mm. Right? Yes. So this is a great way to do it. And when we talk about building out a positive mental framework and really empowering ourselves to be more positive than negative, right? Because again, just like we're not going to get rid of our inner critic, we're never going to get rid of all of the negativity, right? There's just going to be days, there are going to be moments, but It's how much more frequently are you able to return back to the positive? How much more quickly? All of these things begin to matter. What is your rebound time, right? That's a quick measure. Do I take days? Do I take months? Do I take hours? Do I take minutes?
1: Mm.
0: Right? And when we can begin to shorten that amount of time, when we can use like these five techniques, when we recognize that these things are happening and begin to slowly bring ourselves into a position where instead of it taking months for us to break a negative cycle, it begins to take us days or hours or even minutes. Maybe I only need 15 minutes. I give myself fifteen minutes now to sit here pouting, like I would if I fell and I scrape my knee, as in this childlike wonder state. But after that, I'm good, and I brush it off and I keep moving forward.
1: I love that. That's such a beautiful practice, and and it it is measurable in that sense. Um, because yeah, when you when you look at those who are experts at these type of uh, things in terms of shifting their mental mind frame. They're not doing anything that you can't do. They're just doing it faster. And so it's just because of practice, right? And if the first time isn't a couple minutes, like that's okay. If it is months, that's okay too. allow yourself to be where you're at. So you can understand where you desire to get to. And that's, that's so key. And just be loving to yourself through the process as well and, and use these tools to help you navigate through. And yes, because things that used to take me months before now take me minutes and it completely transforms my life. And that's, that's where, uh, we were talking about in the previous podcast about building a positive mental mind frame. Isn't just always being positive and happy and joyous and rainbows and butterflies all the time. There are these moments of sorrow and, and authentic, you know, sadness and, uh, you can feel anxiety, I mean gosh, yeah, I, I feel anxiety often, you know, and the difference is is now it takes me moments to get out of that and and learning how to practice that in situations so it can shift that's how you create sustainable positive mental mind frame, and that's what allows you to. Uh, transmute these negative emotions or feelings or behaviors into positive ones that support you and you grow from and you learn and you build and it snowballs in a way that's going to get you where you desire to be and who you desire to be. And actually the reality is you'll realize it's who you've been all along and just forgot.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for agreeing to be part of this with me for the rest of the month. Yes. We'll kind of update and comments and things as we go along, all of the learning. So wherever wherever you are listening to this podcast, we're going to make sure that we post and let you know how things are flowing as we utilize our own tools. We would love to hear how it's going for you, too. So Tell us, as you use these tools, which ones are you using and how are they working? Until next time, I'm your host, Amber, and I'm here with Austin, and we would be so, so grateful if you would take a moment right now, wherever you're listening, to give us a like and a subscribe. We are a nonprofit organization, and our whole goal is to keep information like this going out into our community. So every like, every subscribe helps us do that. Until next time, head on over and watch the next video.